What's going on, everybody? This is Black Men Sundays. I'm your host, Corey Sylvester Murray, and we're talking about generational wealth. We're talking about finance. And of course, we're talking about business. It's a Black Man Sunday. Time to put all childish things away. I refuse to be the man I was yesterday. Gotta put my best foot forward and elevate. And today's show, we have three powerful brothers on here representing the international black summer we have john thomas my man i'm gonna come to you out the gate you're the president of micro biz marketing llc which creates marketing solutions for small businesses it's funny you say that because we had on black men sundays a brother that worked for the small business administration so we definitely want to definitely talk to you today my brother glenn greenwich the co-founder of the people of the african descent empowerment group and you also co-developed the 90-day enhancement program and you're the executive director of the sulfan boulevard business district which is in queens new york as i was telling you i have family in jamaica so we definitely gonna have to talk and my brother Oren saunders on here not sanders but Oren saunders i got you correct brother father of two grandfather of five this brother co-founded the locks and chops authority corporation this brother's a master pioneer of the national hair industry so all three of you fellas how you guys doing welcome to black men sundays i'm so excited to have you all on here how y'all doing today good excited to be here excited to be here well let me let me start by saying you know people i'm known in this space when they say how you doing i I don't say good, right? I don't say all right. I say I'm Gucci, right? Oh, my brother. Okay. And and I got that from some cats up in Chicago, right? Just watching some of those videos of the, you know, our brilliance in other spaces. And, and that was a term they used. And so I picked it up. So I'm Gucci. No, my brother. And Oren, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I always like that when you say that, John. And Oren Saunders, brother, how you doing, man? I'm doing really well, Corey, and just um, very delighted to be on this show with you, man. Um, it's just, I could just get that this is a wonderful show, and and just just talking with you is being, you're just an incredible human being. So I'm really excited of being here today, so we can talk some, have some real talk. Definitely. We're going to come out the gates with that real talk. We're talking about the International Black Summit. What is the International Black Summit? Uh, okay, so I'm going to see if I can give it to you. We was on the radio what, about two weeks ago, and the guy kept asking me, what do you do? What do you do? You know, <laughs> I don't understand it. You know, he told me three times. So first of all, it's a conversation being given by life through people of Black African descent. So you could say we've been empowered to allow this space to move through us. Right, And the purpose of the International Black Summit is to provide an opportunity for participants to bring into being their vision for the Black community and the world. And we have a number of events and courses, and once a year, we have our annual summit event. And our annual summit event this year is simultaneously in Buffalo, New York, Antigua West Indies and virtually. So we're expecting a few hundred people to be in various locations as we engage in issues and questions and things that are of interest of people of Black African descent to support them in their vision being expanded. And I want to say one more piece. We'll talk probably talk a little bit about it a little bit later but we have this document called the Declaration of the International Black Summit. It's kind of like our vision for ourselves in the world. And there's a line in there in section three, paragraph three, where it says we stand, right? And it says we stand for the expression of our spirituality. The next line is building economies responsible for funding our communities. So one of the places we stand is in that world. How do you, who do you have to be to? Who do you, what do you have to cause to? What's your vision that's consistent with building economies responsible for funding our communities, which lines up with your show? Yeah, it definitely does. And, you know, when I'm thinking about the International Black Summit, I think my next question would be, 
um like what events what courses like what do you offer like if i if i come to buffalo what am i gonna expect when you come to international black summit event what we do is we listen the space which is very different than a lot of other people who are producing seminars and and conferences and so on and so forth we listen the space so we're trained in listening so we actually deal with what are the issues that are in the space that day that moment so um a brother might be having a conversation about his relationship or his finances or his health uh or her health um or their health of the family and so we we have these tools that we use that are part of the training that we provide you to look at and to be able to navigate yourself around any obstacles that you have in life that are blocking you from your commitment what you what you say your commitment is and and for the most part we do a lot of work around vision so we make sure that you work on your vision so that you get what are you here to contribute to the planet and that's kind of like the jumping off point so now that you've got your vision now you know what's stopping you and so we've got a a, a bunch of tools called distinctions that we use um, to navigate that word that world the other thing that i might add is these distinctions let me give you an example of, of one so one of the words that we use, and we use it in a particular context. So it's an English word, it's in the dictionary, it's got a lot of different meanings, but trigger. So trigger has been one of those words. Now we've been using it for about 30 years. It's now in the lexicon of day-to-day -day living, but trigger is something that you're unwilling or unable to be with. And so the example I, I love to use is when I was, uh, you know, coming fresh off of the divorce, somebody would say divorce and I'm gone out the conversation. So I, I have left the conversation. I'm now in my head about my divorce. I'm not even sure what they're saying. And so noticing your trigger, noticing that I'm in a trigger now gives me some choice and some, and some capability to stay present. Because once I'm gone, there's no conversation. There's a monologue. That person is saying something and I'm in a whole nother conversation. So the distinctions that we use, and I gave you two, trigger and noticing, are to bring you back to being present to the conversation. So I may notice, oh, I just got triggered. Hold up a second. Let me, let me get myself back together so I can be present inside of this conversation. And, and so noticing is when I'm looking at myself kind of externally, and I can see that, that I'm off, that I'm not on point. And so we use the series of these distinctions to, to keep our commitment in play and keeping me present to that. Great information. And Oren, if you want to answer this, where did the idea of the International Black Summit come from? Oh, history, I'm going to give it a short version. Uh, we can get into that history. So the um, my introduction, let me put it this way. My introduction, Glenn and I were involved in another organization in New York. And Glenn was, as he mentioned in his bio, the People of African Descent Empowerment Group. He and another brother, they created that. And um, a letter came from this the, the organization from some other members of the very organization we were involved with, saying that you, we are tell, asking you, well, I didn't, was a, I, it didn't even sound like a request. It was like a demand. It was a demand. It's like, yes. you are being invited to the Black Summit. It wasn't called international at the time. You were being invited to the Black Summit. But here's the part that got me that I thought was just a phenomenal. They said, this is paramount and equivalent to the founding fathers and created the constitution of the United States. And here's the other part. Anything less than debt in your body should not have you be here. 
And this and the way they were speaking, this was an all-white organization. And then to cut it off, not an all-white, but predominantly white organization, managed by white folks and everything, owned by white folks. And it said, it said, and the only way you could be at this summit, you must be black. And this was circulated throughout the United States, inviting people of black African descent into this organization. And just prior to that, this, it, 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 the conversation was started inside of this organization again by two women, Patricia Porter and Pat Porter and Aloma Marquis. And they were having a discussion while they were inside of this organization doing another course. And they were, it was that period of time when we were really going through some serious periods as, a, as communities throughout the United States. And I always have to like to say throughout the world and um, black communities. And, um, and as you can see, Inside the declaration, it was created in 1991. So it was in that period when all the crack was on the, you know, it was just a lot going on with us. And they're like, what would it be possible if we can get some black folks to sit down and have a conversation using the, the distinctions of this organization? And they started that conversation. They sent letters out to other people that were involved in the conversation throughout the country. And that's how we came about. Um, and that was just, that's a short history of it. But that's where, that's how that started. This was started by two women inside of the conversation. And then they invited other people throughout the country to be in the conversation. And it got to a point where so many people were on, on phones and they said, no, we got to meet. And at the first summit, it was approximately 121 of us or something like that. And Glenn and I were there at the first one in 1991. And it's out of everyone's, uh, passion, everyone's interest, using trigger out of some of our triggers <laughs> that the declaration came out. And uh, a group took down all that stuff, put it together overnight. And that's how the international, uh, the declaration of the International Black Summit was formed. And eventually we became the International Black Summit. Gotcha. Yeah, because as I'm looking at, you know, the, all the facilitators, I'm like, this all it's all black folks on here now so that's that's interesting that it was all white and they wanted all blacks to come so that kind of leads to my next question you know well, so, hold, no, hold, well, on. No, no, hold on no no yeah. no 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 okay john no. said <laughs> it was not all white that wanted all blacks to come it was two black women the way he told the story came from the 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 white organization the letter was being circulated there amongst black people right so it wasn't the white organization saying we want the, mm -mm. there was these two sisters that had a conversation one was going through a divorce one was about to get married right and they wanted to be able to bring this kind of introspective technology to the people of black african descent to the black community Right. So they started talking to some other people that was there. And then they started talking to some other people, some other black folks, and they started talking to some other black folks. And somewhere along the way, somebody created this letter and sent to the other black folks like Glenn and Oren, who was at this organization. Y'all need to be here. This is black people talking about transformation in 1991. Y'all need to be here and nothing short of death in your body to stop you from being there. And then what happened is they all came and they're in a room of people who are pretty effective at facilitating. Like this, there's, there's probably been over 150 of us. Right now there's 20, 21, 22 of us that are actively facilitating. So this group of people who are pretty effective at facilitating had a conversation. The conversation started it which I think would be a really good conversation today too. But the question was, what is it to be black? And then anything you think that people could say to that, right? It's this, is that, is that, I'm not that. Y'all don't know why you call me that. You know, black people are this, black people are that, all of that, all of that came up. So if you can imagine we at the barbershop, like you said, we having a real conversation with 120 something people about what is it to be black? And then you could also hear the vision of what people were wanting, calling for, speaking. And they put all of that 
on the walls, on the, the newsprint. And I think it would be good, uh, Curry, if you read the declaration, because they went away with that and they came back with this document. They synthesized the conversation that was in the room. They synthesized what people were saying. They put it in a format and then read it to the people. And people were like, yeah, that was me. That was my part right there. So I think one of the things we could do to help uh, in this conversation, if, if you would generate it, if you would read it, then we can use that to build on because that's what came out of that meeting. And we can move this out of the hypothetical into the experiential because that's what it is. What do you think? Great. I'm glad you cleaned that up, man. I appreciate that. And my next question, though, for you guys is because when I'm looking at um, your bios, I'm noticing landmark education. What's landmark education? That was the organization that a lot of the people were previously participating in. They are an adult education corporation that provides transformational training. And Orrin and Glenn was part of that had done some of their work, done some of their training. Let me add this that that one of our one of our goals was specifically to bring transformational work to the black community. So that was part of the context in which we were looking from and looking to create this organization called the International Black Summit. And looking at some of you guys' bios too, I noticed you guys also have a international black youth summit as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, so that kind of leads to my next question. So when we're talking about our youth, because some of our youth do listen to Black Men Sundays, you know, come into the summit, whether it's virtual or in person, how can the youth be empowered? Just for the record, we've so we've got the youth summit, the international youth summit, we have the international young adults, and then we have the adult summit. So we have all three of them, and they are all going on simultaneously in separate rooms. The Youth Summit came about um, because the parents were bringing their children to the summit event. And so because they were bringing them to the summit event, at some point after a year or two, the youth said, well, wait a minute, we want to do our own thing. And and we can cut through some of the red tape. You all adults talk too much. Uh, let's, you know, let's get to, the, you know, we can we can reach each other a lot easier and a lot quicker. So the youth group, there was eight youth uh, facilitators, initial facilitators, and they formulated their own curriculum inside of the context of the Declaration of the International Black Summit and the focus in which we wanted. Now, I got to tell you, some of the things that I found out 20 and 30 years later from the youth was that this was a place for them to be heard, to distinguish their heritage, um, to uh, develop their relationship with being black. And, um, and one of the things that, that always surprises me is just having them see images of black folks who are kings and queens back in Europe, not just Africa, but in Europe. So, it, you know, this is a misnomer. Yes, there were European black royalty, you know, so introducing these kinds of things at a young age so they could begin to, to, to know that there are no limitations and everything is available. And again, these same distinctions they use to keep themselves on track. And they even came up with one or two distinctions specifically for the youth. Um, that the adults don't use necessarily. And, and one of them is called quick fix, which a quick fix is, I don't want to deal with the conversation. So I want to not go to the bathroom, get a glass of water, do something to take me out of the conversation. So it's not quite triggered, but it but it's a more subdued getting out of uh, being present. And so again, things to to have them be present, and then the other thing that, that I think is very important is that we have them, well, when we were meeting in, in person, we actually had them stand up, face the group, and have a sense of public speaking every time they spoke so that they would get comfortable 
with being in front of people, speaking in front of people and, and saying whatever they need to say. So it was a real opportunity for them to kind of get up underneath some of those leadership skills and give them some development in terms of, you know, expressing themselves. The other thing is that we also have a young adult youth summit. Mm -hmm. And the Young Adult Youth Summit was after the very young people that Glenn spoke about. They grew up in the summit. Uh, two of those young people were my children, my son and my daughter, and another one was Glenn's daughter and some other people, children. And um, as parents, we brought them to the summit, and that's where they decided that they wanted to create the Youth Summit. But they grew up. They grew up and they became adults. They became very successful. They went to college and they, some of them got married. They got babies and stuff. And they lost that connection that they, not they lost it, but they wanted that connection that they had in um, when they were growing up together in the youth summit. And, you know, these children, uh, we've we done the summit in many parts of the world. So, you know, there were young people from Kenya, from Sudan. There are young people that we've done the summit with in Brazil, in Anguilla, Jamaica, all over. So these young people also had a chance to travel and see the world of various cultures. But here's the deal. They went as facilitators to these countries. They did not go as tourists. They went to bring something to the youth in those countries. So when the youth and, you know, those young people grew up, they wanted that connection, that international connection. And two young women, again, young women, one from Sudan and one from Sudan, her name is Aliai, and the other young lady was Wambui, who initiated the conversation, Kenya. Unfortunately, Wambui made her transmission transition a few years ago. And they decided to create a Young Adult Summit where they felt that now they wanted mentorship they wanted more know-how in how to tackle business how to how to be in corporate life you know in all areas of mentorship in finances and things like that so they created that and now we have the international young black adult summit and we do work yesterday we had a summit here and we had young people from ghana we had young people from jamaica in the country, a place called Top Hill, Jamaica, where Glenn and I did uh, a youth summit there, a community summit, basically. Uh, we went there and we did that with other people, facilitators. Then we, we, we had young people from um, the United States, you know, and last year we did um, a, youth, uh, a young adult summit in Nigeria. And all this was is being done online through Zoom, uh, you know, due to this, uh, there are times where we met, we met physically. So it's like, it has grown out of the young people's initiation of what they want and how they, uh, or what they wanted to see happen. One of the other distinctions of the summit is called self-generation. And I must tell you, Corey, the only reason that the summit, I say, this is me, this is Orange speaking, this is not all the facilitators in the summit saying this, but I say the only reason the summit has been in existence for 33 years is out of people's passion and self-generation. The summit is a totally self-sufficient organization. Where we get donations, we get donations from people who are members of the summit. And everything else we take out of our own pockets. So where we were in South Africa and all that, we go those places, we pay our way, we carry transformation, and then we help to support those young people and the adults in those countries so that they can be in this transformational conversation. Corey, I just wanted to add that we're an all-volunteer organization. And I think that's very important inside of the conversation of self-generation. Yeah, I see you guys are 501c3 as well, right? Yes. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So your summit's in August. It's in Buffalo, New York. Brothers come, if I'm a business owner, if I'm a brother just trying to get started, what results can I expect from coming to the summit? Like when I come back home, what can I expect to learn? First of all, this is not a workshop. So for everybody that's listening, this is not a workshop. We're not going to do you, right? We're not going to come up with, here are the five ways for you to improve your health. Here are the three things you need to do 
to grow your business. You know, here are three tips for improving your relationship. We're not doing that. Not saying that doesn't happen, but we're not doing that. So you're there. You're a business owner. You're committed to something as a result of being a business owner, right? You got in business for a reason. You got a vision around why you're in business. And typically what happens is there might be something in between where you are and where you want to be. You'll get up and share. You'll get up and say something about your vision. And one of the facilitators will begin to interact with you, right? And actually get up underneath the conversation that's probably really running the show. And at some point, you'll see something that you may not have seen before. So then you'll come back with a level of kind of clarity that you didn't have. And you didn't even know you didn't have it, right? You thought you might have thought it was something else. So as a way to kind of illustrate this, if you're willing, if you're willing, I'd like to do, try something with you. If you're not, then I'll do it with Glenn or Oren. But if you're willing, just share something, something, some aspect of your, your vision for this podcast and where you are and where you like to take it and you're not quite sure how to get there. So what's your vision for Black Men Sunday? Where do you find yourself kind of bumping up against something? So basically the vision is to talk about finance, generational wealth and business, but to bring other brothers on that have the knowledge because a lot of brothers are like, listen, if mm -hmm. I can hear you all day, but it's nice to have somebody on that's actually successful. So that's the, the main vision of the show. That's the main vision of the show, right? So to bring people together inside this space of generational wealth, inside of this space of economic development, inside this space of financial independence, right? Particularly for black men to be in that space, to be generating from there, operating from there, get out of the struggle, right? So they can be men, be the men they were designed to be. That's your intention, or at least part of your intention, part of your vision for the podcast. Right. So where would you say you're bumping up against like where that's not being fulfilled? Where would you say you might have hit a roadblock or plateaued? Um, I would just say probably the only roadblock would be not not starting the social media platforms a little earlier because I feel like we're still progressing. So okay. I don't feel like I've hit any blocks because it's it's basically a nice stair step progression that we're having. OK, good. So. I'm asking you this question. This is not how we do it, but I'm asking you this question to give you a sense of what happens, right? Because okay. we don't ask you, where are you stuck, right? We may not. We may. Who knows? But you'll start sharing. Like you said, I I wish I would have started the social media earlier. Why? More listeners. More listeners. I would have, I yeah, because basically we were built from the ground up just on a podcasting platform. And then after building some of the audience, then we put it on social media versus if we would have been doing it all at once, it would, I think we would be a little more ahead of where we are now. Glenn. So, so I, I want to point to something and what you're pointing, what, what you Corey, what you're seeing is change, but what would transform this po podcast? Like what would take it to 10X? And the place to look is internally. So if I want to take my business to the next level, what have I not thought about? What am I not thinking about? And remember that you're inside uh, the context of other people who have other issues that they're speaking about. And inside of one of the, because you came for your particular reason, John came for his, Oren came for, and I'm, I came for mine. Inside of those conversations popping up, I may see something in, in John's share. I may see something in your share that's gonna make a difference in my business that I hadn't even seen. So what we're doing is we're opening up the blinders. So we go through a particular life, looking in a particular way. We know how to get to the, next level 
but what's going to get us 10x? And we don't necessarily know that, but we're listening for it because we've got a commitment to get to that particular level and something inside of the universal space that we allow for each other, the listening that we have for each other, suggestions come up. The universe always contributes to us if we're listening. And that's why it's so important for us to be present because we may think it's this thing, but maybe it's that the other thing that we haven't even seen or haven't had no notion about. So that's kind of, you know, I mean, you know, we're oversimplifying it maybe, but, but it's really an experience that you get. It's like, oh, wow, I never thought about that. I could use that in my business. And they may be talking about a food business or something else, but it contributes to what you're up to. And you may say something that contributes to other people as well. So it's that back and forthness of it that is unpredictable results get produced inside of the, the context of where we're looking from. So what are you hearing in that, Corey? Go on, go on, Corey. Okay, go on. Well, basically what I'm hearing in that, it, it sounds like it's very individualized based on each um, circumstance or each individual. So that leads to my next question for either one of you is like, so for these these sessions, how many people are in each session if we're getting that individualized attention? Our, our experience of transformation is that when you share inside of the summit, it's all about sharing. And we have certain guidelines where we speak from our personal experiences. We don't come with, this is what black people should do. We don't do that. We don't, we come from that space. And inside of that personal experience, people hear, you know, you, I might think that I'm the only one dealing with something, but then there are another hundred people that are inside a similar arena. It may not be the exact thing, but they will able to make the connection between what you're saying and what's going on with them. So it's a very innovative self-examine, noticing aspects of you as we go through the process. Sometimes somebody says something and you may be surprised. Somebody says something has nothing to do with you, but you get triggered by that. And inside of that, you get in trigger. Now we will ask you and you may say, well, I don't like what that person is saying. And that means, We'll have an interaction with you. And we'll say, what came up for you? And carry, carry people through that process. And it doesn't happen with one person. So although it's not like, well, Corey, we're going to just make you get right with whatever you, it's not that. But you sharing yourself allows everybody to hear themselves. So that's one of the main aspects of the International Black Summit. We get to listen as each other. And the thing that we say in the summit, like, like John said earlier, we're not there to tell you like a five process, like a five standard process. Like today you'll do this, tomorrow this is what you got. That's not what the space of the summit is. But the space of the summit really gets worked out inside of people innovative and sharing and looking inside themselves and, bring, and being authentic in the sharing and the one aspect we know from sharing is that when to be authentic, you must speak with the eye. It's not about we this and we that. No, we say, please speak to the eye. So there's some guidelines. So as people do this, they hear themselves beyond places they've never heard themselves before. And they may be speaking it and they're hearing things for themselves that they're saying that they didn't know it was there. So it, it, it just creates a lot of aha moments for people. And you might be sharing and I get an aha moment. It might be in a different category of something that's bothering me. You know what I'm saying? So that's how it's done. It's not an individual process. So people go away with what they got on an individual level. When I get that insight, I now have this specific action for me to take that I now am present to that I wasn't present to before that sharing. So that sharing provides me an opportunity to take action in an area that I hadn't considered before that now will, will not just cause change, but could cause transformation. And that's what we're up for, popping it like popcorn. You know, you, you start out in one state 
and you end up in a whole nother state and and people are popping like popcorn all over the place and yeah. so you've got that energy of of inspiration insight excitement and uh and vision you know that vision that you have for yourself for your you know whatever you, that you're committed to so let me just put a see if i can put a bow on it as you can tell we're all three of us are facilitators with the international black summit and we're kind of talking about it um, and again, it really is an experiential space. And I think you're starting to see some things. Yes. Yeah. And so when you when you you go in with, for example, how I'm going to fulfill my business vision or grow my business is through social media. That's what you go in with. Right. And then you might hear somebody share something about something that has you think. Now, wait a minute. I didn't think about I didn't think about it like that. And you see something you didn't see before. And it still might be social media, but not the part of social media you were thinking about. It might be you heard a message. And if you just shift that message and what you're doing, people resonate with you in a different way. And that goes viral. And so we're, we're trying to give people a sense of what happens, but the best sense of how it happens is to actually experience. And some people might be hearing some things now. Like, for example, you read my bio. It talks about me being uh, president of microbiz marketing, right? What it doesn't talk about is I also run a property management company, right? That's high six figures. What it doesn't talk about is I was the chamber of commerce president for my city. Right, which I learned distinctions in the summit that gave me the ability to speak to a group of people from a space of vision in a way that the people could see themselves in the vision and the people who had the resources would step up to fulfill on that vision. I didn't know anything about economic development. Nothing, nothing, nothing. But with a chamber of commerce, if you're not doing economic development, you're not really a chamber in my mind. And so we put together this group and leaders in the community who were builders, developers, finance people, lay people all came together, right? To start to create the vision for the town that I live in and an expanded area and then we went to the county where actually we didn't go to them. They came to us and said, we want to give you some money for that. We want to give you some money for a study. We want to give you for some money for some promotion around that. So I didn't go to the summit saying, I want to learn how to be the president of the Chamber of Commerce. You with me? I went to go get what there was for me to get for whatever I was dealing with with my life and what would take my vision to the next level. And then I saw what I saw, and then I acted consistent, like Glenn said, on that insight, put that fear to the side, trust that I could stand in my vision, and that would actually carry the show, carry the day, if you will. Mm, great information, because I know when I talk to brothers a lot, a lot of brothers tell me the reason why they're not executing is due to, it's financial, but it's fear first. So for brothers that are maybe that may say, listen, I'm I might just want to sit in the audience. I'm not I don't know if I want to do all that talking. I'm I'm kind of I might be the shy type. Exactly. What, what advice would you have for those brothers coming to the um, summit? Oh, they get it just just the same. See, it's not necessarily about you talking. It's about the listening. And inside of the listening is where the power is. Um, we've got some uh, young, young adults now while well, they're in their 40s now they were they're were originally youth uh youth facilitators and they now have an ability to be in any kind of conversation because they've honed their listening skills and so that 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 authentic listening allows them to be present and inside of being present they can then navigate in any kind of situation that they're put in within a couple of minutes. And, and all of that is, is in using the distinctions, 
um, inside of their vision and commitment for their selves and their lives. When is it? And are there any, uh, and how much? It is August the 3rd, which is a Thursday, through August the 6th, which is a Sunday. It starts with an opening ceremony Thursday night. And then we have the, you could you could say the sessions on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Typically starts around 9 a.m. on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Goes to plus or minus 10, 11. Just depends on what completion is. The costs vary on your based on your age. So we have an adult rate, we have a senior rate, we got a young adult rate, we got a youth rate. So the youth rate is $100. The young adult rate is currently $250. That's 18 to 35. The adult rate, which is 36 to 54, is 300. And the senior rate, which is 55 and older, is also 250. You can find all of that out at blacksummer.org slash ASE on our website. It's all there. You know, as you can tell, that's a bargain. That's a complete steal for three days of this kind of work. But one of the commitments of the, the people that founded the conversation is while they were committed to making transformational work available for Black folks, for us, they also wanted it to be affordable. Right. So we even have an opportunity where you really see something for yourself. You really think this can make a difference for you. And you're just not financially in position. Right. We have something for that, too, because we're committed to the transformation. There's a part in our declaration that says our community manifests itself in the world as a contribution in the transformation of the universe. So we don't want to have money stop you, but you've got to be committed to breaking through whatever it is you're, you're, you're out to cause for your vision to be fulfilled. And most of the time it's personal stuff. It's not out there. It's right inside. And that's what we work on. So we work on the introspectiveness, what, what's stopping you, what are your, your feelings, your fear, you know, your your conversation that I can't or I shouldn't, you know, we we, we begin to break up those those uh, sacred cows that we've had in our life that are not no longer useful for us um, that we've been carrying maybe for the last 10 years or somebody in grade school told us um, we weren't any good. I was listening to uh, uh, one of your earlier shows and the and the gentleman from FAMU was um, creating a, a comic book. And the, the, the white kid told him, oh, you can't be so-and-so because you're, not, because you're black. And then what he did is he invented something to support black people inside of the comic book arena. You know, it's that kind of, you know, breaking out, you know, not being limited to what I thought I could do or should do. Here's an opportunity to invent something new and and creative wow i'm blown away by this conversation I, okay so i got i got a little taste of what buffalo is going to be like okay i'm i'm enjoying that so let's get back to the pricing so is that pricing per day or is that for the full three days that's for the full three days plus wow. the thursday evening if you want to participate oh man that's yeah you ain't lying that's that's a bargain right there and again what's the website again blacksummit.org if you want to go straight to the annual event pages, blacksummit.org slash A-S-E. Here's the thing I wanted to add here, Corey. So one of the things that um, most folks, particularly our folks, have challenges with money, right? Sometimes it's challenging with making it. Sometimes it's challenging challenges with keeping it. Sometimes it's challenges with managing it, investing it, um, and the like, right? So we know there's no shortage of information and in how do you manage your money. There's no shortage of information on how you make money, right? 
You work for it or it works for you, right? You do a job or you, you have a company, but there's no shortage of information out there about that. There's no shortage of information about how you invest it, how do you grow it, how you double it. I was just listening to this other group of people and they're, they're bumping up against, I got $500,000. I don't know what to do with it, but I don't want to pay Uncle Sam 35% of it, right? So how do you manage it? The work that we do inside that space is the chatter and the gray matter. Since there's no shortage of information out there about the one, two, three, about the how-to, then what is it? Some would say it might be fear. Some would say it might be past conversations. Some would say past failure. Some would say my vision is not bigger. Like, all kinds of things that people would say. But it's still, until you can see for yourself what it is for you, it doesn't move the needle. And that's where we go to work. And so we don't come to you and say, what's your problem with money? It's not how it happens. We're having a conversation. Someone might say, well, that part in the declaration, building economies responsible for funding our community, how can I fund our community if I can't fund my community? They might say something like that. And so we might engage in that. And then we'll see what we see out of it. Someone might say, I'm completely down with that and I'm ready to take on, how do we fund our community? What is that, right? But it wouldn't be us saying that. It would be you. It would be some other brother, some other sister, right, that's in a conversation. And part of their vision might be empowering Black people economically. Part of their vision might be showing people the power of real estate. Part of their vision might be showing people how do you leverage stocks and bonds. Right? How do you protect it? I'm just picking on that one because this is a financial show, right? But most of the time, it's not even about money. Most conversations about money is not about money. And in the International Black Summit, you get to see. I'm going to tell you this real quick. My daughter, I talked to my daughter today, and we were just talking about uh, different ways you can generate money. And I had this epiphany. I said, I need to become the deal maker and not the dealer. And she was like, yeah. I said, I need to become the deal maker, the person that puts it all together. But part of what stops me is I want to be in on the deal. I want to be the dealer, the contractor, the developer, the web designer. I want to be somebody that's doing that part, right? But the thought that came to me wasn't even about the money. It was about who I am in the play. And then I started thinking, well, if I was the deal maker instead of the dealer, this piece of land that I know about that would be perfect for tiny homes, I could go to the owner of that land, who I know, and strike up a deal for how we can develop that land. And then go to some developers that I know and strike up a deal that works for them for developing the land and then go to the property management company that I know to manage the properties that we intend to have long, be long-term rentals. Does that make sense? Like I saw that today, but what gives me the insight to look at it that way is I'm listening for where do I get stuck? And where I get stuck is trying to be the person to do it. Not what, but who, right? Not how, but who. I get stuck in trying to be the person to actually do a significant part of it. And so today I got a little freer. Not quite sure what I'm gonna do with it, but I got a little freer, like, wait a minute, I, I hmm. Thank you, John. Um, you know, when you spoke earlier, John asked your question in terms of um, what would, what is the difference that you would see that would make a difference? What is it that would make a difference on your show? Uh, what is the things that you, um, you, you, you see that would create a more of a building block. So when, John, when you answered that question, what I heard was a gap. I heard a gap of where you are 
and a gap of where you think that you could have been or where you think you want to be. And inside of that gap, I think noticing the gap and then being inside of the gap and start to look at things like what is showing up inside of that gap. So you saw one thing of social media that you could do, but I, I suspect there are a whole lot more things inside of the gap. So the gap would be, I would ask you, it may not, you, I, I may not want to ask you that on the show, but you, um, let me say this, but how many more viewers you would like to see on your show within a certain period of time? No, I mean, of course, I obviously would like to be in the millions. That way I know brothers are taking this information in and the excuses, we're alleviating the excuses. That's good. But you know, that's a, 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 it's a very out there conversation and it doesn't come to the core of the gap because the time that you want to look at is a time frame between now and two years, five years, three years. And looking at that gap that you can now start to see specific things that you could do that would that would close that gap within a certain period of time. So like when you said, oh, I want to see millions. See, that doesn't speak to that specifically and have you really look within, within the gap. So I'll ask you again, within a certain amount of time, what would you like to see? Like a time, you put in a time inside of it and, uh, and, and an amount of people, the numbers of people. So... That's one you call it. Let me hear what you would call. Yeah. So I would say in a three month span, it'd be nice to add a couple hundred thousand per month in three months. So that's a gap compared to where you are now. So your gap has a, a space of a hundred thousand each month. That's what you're saying. Or you say each month or three months. No, I'm saying in a three month span, I would like to add a hundred thousand more. So good. So that's a time. And that's an amount of people. So now you can really specifically start to go to look inside of that, like what it will take, what is stopping you. That's when John was saying, what is your circumstances that, that doesn't have that three months show up, that three, you know, inside that three month period that, this, that amount of people showed up. And that would be inside of your circumstances. But you have a commitment which is a larger issue that you want to see black folks have this conversation of financial wealth and what, you know, and all the aspects that people get off of this show. I show people get way more than just financial wealth on this show. So now it's what you, inside of that, we got the circumstances. I'm sure you got many, like John spoke about circumstances, things that people think about and all of that, and what you got and whatnot and what it is that you're committed to have happen within a particular period of time. That starts to give you a whole nother way of being. It gives you a whole nother way of being in, in probably most of your relationships and inside of the world. However, what, so what I'm pinpointing here is like, start, you start to hone in at what's the possibility. And even inside of that possibility, that's where there are opportunities for unpredictable results. And it takes more than that. The thing that happens in the summit, you get so much more inside of the summit that this, what we just give you just a quick, you know, it's an hour's conversation. So it, it, we talk about a three-day conversation on this level. You know what I'm saying? Like three All days right. of in-depth, introspective looking. So I completely go on, John. Yeah, I just want to add this be before we close out because that's just perfect, right? It's just perfect what he's what he's laying out, right? And in the summit, we would ask you, I don't know how much more time we have, and then you would respond. And then we would be listening the room to see if this gap conversation is the space of the room. Like yours is business. Someone else, it might be something else. We would be listening this gap conversation to see if that is the space in the room. And then we've already put you in groups of five, right? So we would then ask you to go with your group 
and have the conversation of what's your vision and what's your gap standing there? What do you notice? And then y'all would go off 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes and engage in that. So thank you, Orrin. I wanted just to add that you just teed it up. That, that was, that's kind that of was awesome, John. He's thank doing you. the work with you. Then we can do that work with the whole room, if that's what's in the space. And and then let me add this, that, that of course, you then have the opportunity to network because you heard something in your speaking. So you spoke that I'm in this other arena but maybe it, it's symbiotic relationship or there, there, there are opportunities for us to, to partner up. And so you begin to, you know, as I say, looking outside of the nine dots and, and, and things start to percolate. And that's where the energy and the, and the juice, we say from the summit is in us being together. Yeah, so standing there, Corey, before you take us out, um, what do you hear in the gap, in this gap conversation? What are you hearing or seeing for yourself? The only thing I'm I'm seeing for myself in the gap is more, it's encouraging more brothers to listen to my show. Okay. Well, let me ask you this. What are you, who do you see you would have to be? Not what do you have to do? Who do you see you would have to be? to cause 100,000 more people to listen to your show? What do you have to shift within Corey? In three months. In three months. Exposure. Exposure. So more people are seeing it. Oh, see, this would be so good. Now, we were in the summit. And so, so real quick, so, so and again, everyone listening, these this is the conversations you would have in the summit. So go ahead, brother. Yeah, I'm loving this. Yeah, yeah go ahead. I'll keep going, brother. I'm loving uh, it. So I, I was getting ready to say, if we were in the summit, because I know we're kind of, we would stay with you until you got this conversation over here. See, right now it's still out there. See, it's still out there. It's still exposure. It's still other people. It's still social. It's something out there. But the shift's not out there. The shift's over here. The shift starts with being. It's be, do, have. So the shift starts with being. You are being and have been being a particular way that had you do what you do inside of this vision that have you have the podcast you have now, that have the reach you have now, right? You, you, you feeling that, right? Yes, sir. So there's a shift an opportunity to shift something in being. See, I'm going to say, I don't know if I should say it. Come on, we at the barbershop. Come on now. So definitely, it ain't out there, right? And and I don't want to tell you, because what I would be telling you would be my opinion, right? But my suspicion is, you say, well, part of it's financial. My suspicion is there's some things you've seen and you know in your heart of hearts, there's some, there's a way of being I think you might be present to that you're like, uh, mm -mm, I, I, ain't, mm -mm, I ain't doing that. I am not, mm -mm, no. I can't say that to be so, but I'm like, my sense is given your vision, there's something that's asking the shift in who you're being. And we might not get here today. You know, like I have a conversation around the International Black Summit. There's 1.8 billion people of Black African descent around the world. Actually, it's 1.2, but I'm giving myself 10 years to reach them. So by then, it should be 1.8. I'm scared shitless. I have to tell you, I am of what it might take for who I might need to be in order to put a message together, in order to do something to reach that many people. I'm about to cry. I'm so moved. So that's why I suspect that might be something for you. Man, man, y'all guys took it to another level. I'm like, oh, this this what the summit's going to be about? What? Okay. How has the summit, and I asked the other brothers, but since, you know, you be talking right now, we at the barbershop, how has the summit enhanced your, your being or how has it enhanced your mindset? Okay. I'm trying to think of another share other than one I, I already gave you, right? I already gave you like three. Yeah. Hey, but hey, hey we talking. So I'm like, might as well give talking. me one more real quick. Give me one we, more. We, we, we talking. So let me just break down the one I just gave you about the um, being the deal maker and not the dealer. 
So technically, I can do websites. Technically, I put together strategic plans. Technically, I put together business plans. Like, I got a lot of skills. Love those skills. Get paid pretty good for those skills. But those skills also get in my way. Because when I don't see how I'm going to go to the next level, everything stops. I was blessed a few years ago on a really, really good idea. And I started thinking about what I would have to do. And the whole idea just got squashed. I'm saying this after the fact. While it was happening, I was like, you know, I don't have enough resources for that. I don't have enough money for that. We got to hire all these people. I don't see how we can do it. But really, it was about me. It was about what I could do and what I could not do. This thing I just said about being the deal maker and not the dealer, that is completely from another paradigm for me. Somebody else, they may have gotten that a long time ago. That's a different paradigm for me, John, a technician, right? The person who can do it. I'm not the entrepreneur that uh, come up with the ideal and find the people to do it. I'm the entrepreneur. I'm one of the people who can do it. And it's going to be based on my ability. And then I'll hire some other people to do other parts of it. That's me, right? This other way is like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. So just being able to look from another place gives me a different perspective. So I'm looking at this land now from a completely different place. Wasn't even on my radar. I saw this cat build a 29 unit tiny home community on three acres in Georgia. And I'm thinking I could do that. But then I was like, but I don't know any developers. Or I, gotta, I started doing my thing again. And then I ran into a roadblock in my own mind again. But today I'm like, well, wait a minute, hold up. Let me get in where I fit in, but not let me force myself in. Let me get in where I actually fit in in this. Does that make sense? I, I'm not that person, those other people. I'm this person and this is my role in this deal. Might be something else later on, but you get what I'm saying? Like, so that way of thinking and to be able to call up a Glenn or an Orin or somebody else and bounce it off of them, and they'll start sharing some stuff with me. So I'm now looking from a place that I normally wouldn't have looked from. Let me say just a slightly different. Again, going back to that gap. When you're in the gap, listening for the opportunities, you now hear things differently. And when you hear things differently, you now have the insight to take the action that you might not have taken before because you weren't listening the way you're listening now. And so those are, and, and the tools of the distinction are those things that keep pushing that up. Push, what's the gap? What's the gap in your relationships? What's the gap in your finances? What's the gap in your business? What's the gap in, you know, whatever else that you're working on? And you begin to look at the gaps and guess what? You're the common person in all those gaps. So what is it about me that's not having me be fulfilled on what I say that I want to do? Because I got the passion. I may have some of the know-how, but there's something inside of me that's stopping me from, from having it, having it all. And I get to look at that, and I get to work in that, and I get to be with that which needs to be transformed within myself. Definitely, fellas. We had a great conversation. I was going to ask all y'all. Y'all had a good time on Black Men's Sunday today? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. yes. Absolutely. I've had a good time from the first time I talk, started talking with you. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And then the thing that I get the most from the International Black Summit is it's real conversation. It's real talk, you know, because a lot of brothers, you know, when I talk to brothers all the time, you know, that's what I try to have real talk. I'm a mentor in my community. I make sure I'm having real talk with these brothers because that's what we need. The excuses. I'm just it, it, I get upset when I hear brothers make excuses, just like John was saying, the finance information is there, but people aren't looking for it. You know, a lot of a lot of brothers want to wanted to come to them. And I'm like, you know, if you come to Black Men's Sundays, you're going to get 
the full fulfillment. I mean, we're 67 shows in all the flavors. So mm-hmm. now this adds a, a dynamic flavor to it, you know, with the International Black Summit in August. So I appreciate you brothers coming on Black Men Sundays. Go to the website, International Black Summit. The summit will be August 3rd through the 6th in Buffalo, New York. And it will also um, be a, it'll also be on Zoom as well, correct? Zoom. It'll be on Zoom and it'll also be in Antigua, West Indies. Wow, okay. So we're we're at the Marriott downtown Buffalo. We're at the Trade Winds in um, Antigua. And then it's also going to be virtually. And then there are going to be some people, there's some youth we are understanding that's going to be in Top Hill. And Jamaica. Yeah. Youth that's going to be in Guyana. And there's some young people that's going to be in Ghana, you know, and people will be wherever they are virtually um, a- across the country. So it's it's going to be an interesting, it's going to be an interesting time. And it's what we found when we did this thing virtually, which was amazing, is, you know, we had a hundred or so people and we were still going strong around 9, 30, 10 o'clock and nobody would leave. That's how engaging the conversation was. Like Glenn talked about popping like popcorns. You know, this conversation we had today could have easily led to what's the gap? And then everybody would be looking at that in whatever area they are in life and whatever they're committed to, right? Because there's something there between where you are and where you want to be. And what I usually find, if you know what it is, that ain't it. Like if you are sure this is it, that ain't it. Because if that was it, you would have already done it and gotten the result from it. So even if you think it's it, it's not the thing that's stopping you. It's not, and, and another thing I always say is, it's not what we don't know that stops us. It's what we know that stops us. And it's what we know about what we don't know that stops us. So it's been a pleasure. Yeah, definitely, fellas. It's been a pleasure speaking all with all you guys. Glenn Greenwich, John Thomas, Oren Saunders. I appreciate you guys. All, all you guys are facilitators. It will be at the International Black Summit. And I enjoyed this conversation. I enjoyed the experience that I received. And you guys enjoy the rest of y'all day and week. Okay. All right. Thank, Thank you, Corey. Yes, Thank sir. You. It's a black man, son.